0: 860 the answer
2: your radio md call 727-384-6411 for an appointment
1: and i'm on live this is dr bill how are you uh, welcome to the show i'm trying a new format uh, this morning for the video uh, i'm using zoom and uh, i'm gonna zoom that to facebook and i'll try youtube but i don't think it'll get there i think you I think Facebook is working fine. I can see myself on Facebook, and I think there's even audio, Ken. So that should be a new start. I was using Restream, but I can't seem to figure out how to get it to work for me.
2: If they're not getting audio, they can get it right here on the radio.
1: Yeah, you can turn on the radio, but the the video will be out of sync with the audio. It's delayed 15 or 20 seconds. Ah, I've had those experiences yeah well, that's probably part of life, and you know I was talking speaking of delays, time delays, I was talking with uh a couple of the female doctors in the in the lunchroom the other day, and we got into a debate as as to whether or not uh people are born homosexual or if this is learned behavior and they're convinced that there is something called female intuition, and they know by looking at a kid when they're little and observing and watching them, they know that they're going to be gay. Now, I just don't understand how you can do that. you got to think about this now. I think there are people, that uh, more women than men, who think that they can have some prior knowledge of an event. But what I tried to explain to them was that the, the uh, hippocampus, the limbic system where your memories are stored, and emotions and all that—they're—they're they're not on the same time frame, a time sync as the cerebellum. You know, your your big brain that sits on the top of everything else and uh, directs everything. That's the—that's the part of the brain that does the conscious thinking, and uh, motor movements, and uh, goals, and morals, and values, and all that, Ken. And so that part of the brain is—is is on a it's on a solar and lunar uh, time frame, whereas the limbic system is not. So you can have uh, an emotion or a feeling, a deja vu, uh, and you can have that out of sync with what your frontal lobe is and, and your brain, your your big cerebellum, uh, I'm sorry, cerebrum is doing and what time it's on because it's it's on a different time frame. And so you can get confused and think that, oh, I've been here before. Well, yes and no. I mean, you, you've been there in your memory, but your memory is lagging either in front of or behind the time of your of your cerebrum, your big forebrain. And so that that became a, uh, an issue. And, you know, I tried to debate it with them. Of course, they, they don't want to hear that. They're, you know, we know there's female intuition. Well... When Zeke was little, my son, his mother, when he was first starting to uh, walk and talk and interact, said, oh, my God, he's going to be an OCS, obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm like, how do you know that? I can tell. I just know. It's a mother's intuition. I mean, I'm sure that he has a little bit of that because if you don't have that, you're not going to be very successful in life. You have to have – some of these traits and you can to to get where you want to go you have to have a routine and you have to stick to it if you want to get through school or do a job or, or be a radio show host or whatever you know you have to have some specific uh, compulsions to get things done and put everything else aside and then later on it was oh he's going to be gay i mean this kid had more girlfriends in high school Than I've had in my whole life Yeah, <laughs> Like What are you talking about How can you know this Well I'm a mother we just know these things No you don't come on That's craziness But I think that uh, Female intuition whether it's real or not uh, Is uh, Out of sync with the, with the higher brain And so you can't really tell If the uh, If the event preceded the the time frame or followed it. I mean you just can't. You can't you can't really do that because there's like four to five six different parts of the brain and they don't all uh coordinate directly with each other. You know, like the brain stem, it doesn't really go to work until we go to sleep or we're comatose and then it takes over and runs our heart rate and our respiratory center and our blood pressure and all that. Keeps our Body temperature up, and uh, that's how we survive sleeping. Because once we shut down the the big cerebrum, you know, the the whole body is kind of dependent on somebody else. That's the pace. And maker. that's the reason we sleep, isn't it? The cerebrum needs a break. Yeah, the yeah the cerebrum needs a break. I know mine does.
2: <laughs> no, I understand. We could if we if we eat enough and take care of ourselves, the body can go on forever. It doesn't
1: need sleep. No, the body does need sleep. They say, I think the Germans, the Nazis did this when they were experimenting with the Jews. They could keep somebody awake for about 120 to 140 hours, and then they'd die. So there is a time limit on how long you can stay awake. But, you know, most people will say, I can't get to sleep. I haven't slept in days. Yeah, you have. You just don't know it.
2: Yeah, on cat naps, he just does off.
1: Yeah, yeah, and again that's part of the uh, the uh the time lapse between the cerebrum the, the big forebrain and the rest of the brain and what it's doing. So we don't really know. And you know, memories kick in, that's why we dream because memories uh, uh come up and there's stimulation of the frontal lobe and the the, the big forebrain by the limbic system and you know, I mean, these things are they're they're intertwined and they're very complex, and we don't know the whole story yet. I guess that's why AI is going to be a while before it can get to where we're at, because basically, right now, it's just one one part of a brain. It's not a whole brain.
2: Yeah, the most amazing computer on the planet is in our
1: head. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also when when Zeke was little, uh, he didn't talk till he was four. And so we thought something was wrong with him. And we took him to the therapist and took him to the speech therapist and all that. And they said he had sensory disintegration syndrome. Well, I read up on sensory disintegration syndrome. And basically, it's uh, one of the forms of autism. And it usually follows diseases like Tay-Sachs or other storage diseases where the nerves uh, are damaged. And he didn't have that. Are you kidding? Now, he's got some quirks, but so do I. You know, there are certain things that we don't like, the, the smell or the touch or the sound. Uh, we both have had problems with loud sounds all of our lives, but I don't think that makes me uh, uh, autistic. I don't think I am, Kent. I, do- I doubt that very much, yes. I think I'm fairly in. <laughs> I look people in the eye and I I can... I can have some emotional attachments and uh, empathy. Not a lot, you know. I could probably. Well, you're trained sometimes to ignore that. Yeah. uh, You know, I mean, I could probably take Moscow off the map and not really feel a whole lot, but (laughs) the Muscovites might. (laughs) So uh, if there is female intuition, somebody's going to have to prove it to me scientifically and I'm like I'm saying to these folks I said look where's your data you got to have data we don't need data we know we're mothers what were you, you talking about your're doctors for God's sakes I mean how can you not apply data to uh, and research to something this this big and uh, this societal and this overwhelming and important I, I don't get it Ken how much
2: of that could be like a self-fulfilling prophecy if you declare Oh, this baby's gay. Yep. And then you raise the baby you're, in, yeah. a, in a gay manner. Yeah. You know, dressing him like a girl or whatever. And at the end, you're surprised. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that there are little, little subtle ways, uh, and uh, there's environmental pressures that shape all of us, that shape us, our sexuality, and the behavioral psychologists will tell you, and they did this research decades ago that uh, you're usually defined by your first sexual experience and that's what you will like. And that's what you will be uh, comfortable with is your first sexual experience. So I don't know if that's true or not still, but you know, the the behavioral psychologists, they could could take a a baby monkey that was healthy and turn it into a sociopath (laughs) just by abuse and neglect. Sure. Yeah. We know that that's true for most sociopaths. They're, they may have been born okay, but by the time they're finished being abused and neglected by their parents or whoever, you know, they they find uh, pleasure only in pain or in inflicting pain. So because they don't know anything else, Kent. Is so, there
2: is there a male equivalent to a woman's intuition? I mean, we ha- I have deja vu. I've experienced deja vu.
1: Um, well, yeah, I, I have that intuition every time I see a real hot chick. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that male intuition? Like, I, I think she looks nice. That's just being a guy. <laughs> oh, that's just being a guy. That's right. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I thought maybe there was something more to it. <laughs> I think you're okay, Doc.
2: Any any rate. As long as you don't act on that intuition.
1: No, no, you can't act on those. She you just... You'll have, plus, a woman, you'll have a woman after you with a broomstick, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. well, I took all the brooms out of the house. I'm not that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not teaching her how to shoot a pistol either. <laughs> Wise move. <laughs> so, uh at any rate, that's my take on that. And uh, I don't know. Maybe there is something that's real there, but I, I don't see it. I mean, I... Of Course you know me, I don't believe in the metaphysical. I think everything's I think everything is one. I think it's all connected. You want data, that's all. I just yeah, and I and I think that the laws of morals and values are just a reflection of the of the laws of physics and mathematics. I mean, you know, you push, something's gonna push back. That's just my take. You can think what you want, but that's what I think. Well, and my wife says
2: she's you know, she's got a a feeling that this is going to happen. I don't argue with her because I don't know. Maybe it will.
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean, you can you can be like Nostradamus and you can predict a gazillion things, and uh, and and they will be vague enough that you can plug them into any event, any major event in, in any century since he died, and they people have been doing that. Oh, look, Nostradamus predicted that we would have this nuclear holocaust. You know, come on.
2: Sure, Monday morning quarterbacking is always easy. Well, you can't see the future, for God's sakes. No, but you can look back and say, "Oh, look, that's what he meant. He meant that."
1: Yeah, you can look back and make it up. Yeah, you can. You can try and fit him in. So. Yeah, you you try to fit uh, you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like trying to fit a baby boy into a girl's outfit. It may or may not work. Uh,
2: so yeah, think, you know I'd, i I don't I don't put much. Strength in the Nostradamus?
1: No, no, I don't put strength in in, uh, in people who say they can see the future. Now yeah. I'll, I'll put strength in people who can say these are the patterns and trends, and this is one of the more likely outcomes. But that's that's just looking back at history and learning and and interacting with your your history and and, and your current environment. You know, you can see that there's a lot of similarities between the 1840s and 50s, before the Civil War, and what we're going through now.
2: But even that's a lot more scientific than looking into a pot of boiling water or whatever he was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You're getting some data. This this is a bunch of nonsense, you know, people looking into a hat and talking to the Archangel Moroni and people having seizures and then going into a cave and— Gabriel comes to them and dictates the Quran to them. I mean, you know, this is all silliness. There's no way you can. I mean, you just can't. There is no proof of the metaphysical. It's, it's emotional, and like I told uh, one of the women in the Montreal, I said, "Look, I can stimulate a certain part of your, of your temporal lobe, and you'll feel God." And she says, "I don't believe it." But uh, honest, honestly, Ken, there is research from a Canadian guy, and he did that. He took some some uh, people, and he stimulated that part of the brain that he calls the God Center, and they felt the presence of God. Wow. <laughs> so and th- does that mean that there isn't a God? No. It just means that if there is a God, it's all part of the universe, in my opinion. That's kind of where I am, too. Yeah so at any rate enough of that uh, now i wanted to talk a little bit about diabetes because there was a an article that came out in the british medical journal a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was supposedly another mega analysis of the uh, uh, the information on raw sugar and 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 simple sugars and their their addition to problems like high blood pressure and diabetes and obesity and all that, you know, everybody's looking for the magic answer to why we're all getting so chubby on the planet. And of course it's easy to blame one thing, makes it nice and neat. But I read this article, there's nothing new there. They, they say they quoted several thousand or looked at several thousand articles And the best I could say is there may be some, uh, you know, weak evidence of this and this and that, but uh, unless it's specifically related to a a disease like diabetes, where we know that uh, you're going to be predisposed to putting on weight, type two diabetes, not type one. Type two is the adult one that you inherit. Um, If you don't watch your diet, then then you can make the argument that yes, it does have an effect on the disease process. And of course, with diabetes, you also get high blood pressure and you get high triglycerides and, and uh, fatty acids and, and cholesterol and all that. And that's, that's certainly uh, a problem and it's certainly a reality. But uh, if you eat sugar, are you going to become a diabetic? I still don't see any proof of that, Ken. I can't find that anywhere. Are you going to get fat? I can't find that anywhere either. People that I see that are morbidly obese, I mean, they are consuming huge amounts of uh, carbohydrates, but they're not simple sugars. They're, you know, pasta and bread and uh, those sorts of things along with the usual meat. and, and uh,
2: it, but so, I, so it's a comp- combination of that and maybe getting just being too um... – I don't know, lack of exercise, let's just say.
1: Well, absolutely, and we know that absolutely, positively, one of the best ways if you are predisposed to type 2 diabetes that runs in your family, one of the best ways to stave it off longer is to exercise, and, and, the, uh, and I've said this before, that 30 minutes of aerobic activity every day will prolong your life by four or five years. So... And it'll cut down on the incidence of diabetes, high blood pressure, or help you better control your diabetes and your high blood pressure if you have a genetic predisposition to that. So I think there's no doubt about it, that keeping your weight down and staying active, and when I say aerobic exercise, I mean you have to be sweating, Ken. If you're not sweating, you're not burning calories. So are we talking
2: about a, a, a brisk walk if you're sweating. If you're sweating, okay.
1: Yeah, that that's not cheating and going out and when it's 90 degrees. Well, that's out. why I could, I could do that this afternoon, yeah.
2: <laughs> sit, sit in the backyard in the chair and I'll be fine. Yeah, you I'm could. Sweating what, like a pig, yeah, that's sweat, right.
1: Yeah, and smoke a cigarette.
2: <laughs> I could do that too, sure. <laughs> I like the way you think, Doc.
1: <laughs> so, type 2 diabetes is... Uh, it's an array of dysfunctions and it includes uh, uh, insensitivity to insulin so that the insulin you do secrete uh, is not as effective in um, in helping you get that into the uh, blood vessels, not the blood vessels, muscle vessels and the other uh, cells in the body to help you get... Insulin is the kind of like the doorway that gets the sugar into the into the cells, and uh, and you lose uh, sensitivity. Your body cells lose sensitivity to the effects of insulin. Then we also have uh, a loss of insulin as some people get older. Their pancreas quits making insulin gradually, so there's increased uh, blood sugar floating around. And then we also know that glucagon, which is the counterbalancing hormone to insulin that comes from the liver, that pushes your sugar up. There's an increase in the glucagon and uh, decrease in insulin, decrease in insulin sensitivity. And then you have an increase in uh, sugar production in your liver. And so all these things add up. And so some of the symptoms that we see are... uh, increased thirst, increased hunger, increased urination, and at the same time we're losing weight, which makes sense. If you're not getting the the, uh, the fuel into the cells, the cells are going to atrophy. They're going to shrink up. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And we also know that there's blurred vision because as the as the sugar levels rise and the eyeballs equilibrate, the inside of the eyeball equilibrates with the sugar levels in the bloodstream, the eyeball size changes. So because sugar is osmotically active, it'll absorb more water into the eyeball and the eyeball shape will change and that'll alter your vision. And uh, then we also know you can have paresthesias, which are neuropathies, nerve inflammation in the in your feet and arms, feet and hands. Most of the time it's in your feet, so you get this numbness and tingling in your lower extremities, and you're going to be more prone to yeast infections in your genitalia area, um, women, vaginitis, men, balanitis, and so these become problems that we see and should be uh, 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 indications that you may have something wrong if you have any of these symptoms. Uh, we define Diabetes is a fasting glucose level of more than 126 milligrams per deciliter, or seven millimoles, as the Canadians say. They use millimoles. And I always have to run and translate that back into milligrams per deciliter because I, I can't remember the millimole system. <laughs> But I got charts in every every room. You probably have seen those on the under the glass on the desk at the office, so I can quickly look down and say, "Oh, your sugar is a well. You know that's 145 in our system, so you're over." Then we can do a, what we call a two-hour plasma glucose level after we give you. Uh, a glucose load orally, and then we wait two hours. And if it's over 200, we say, "Well, you're diabetic." Um, and then randomly, if you're over 200, uh, that's that's another sign. And then we also have the hemoglobin A1C, which is a look back at your blood sugar over several weeks. What this is is uh, it's how much glucose attaches to the uh, to the hemoglobin molecule. And your red blood cells, and we can measure that and uh we debate on that and we're we're at about six point five percent over that. we say you're diabetic um in my practice, if you're at six percent, I start jumping all over you mm. but uh, these these are these are the hard uh, findings that we see there we are back to science. don't you hate science bad data you. Know. I dad it'll ruin everything. i'm telling you i just know that that kid's going to be a diabetic i can see it in his eyes <laughs> hey how many are there a lot of people just walking around diabetic when they don't know it yeah there are uh a lot of people they don't know it and uh you know in my practice of course we're pretty uh we're pretty proactive as you know, you know we put people through the hoops all the time, testing and all that. I've never
2: left so much blood in one place in my life.
1: <laughs> well, we've got a vampire out back. We is that what it is? Okay. You know, he he guards the place at night, so we <laughs> we leave it out back in a little container for him.
2: <laughs> well, testing is good. You don't know what's going
1: on unless you get some data. So your risk factors uh, uh, are high blood pressure since that goes along with diabetes, overweight, and uh, other risk factors like uh, family history of diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol, your HDL can be low, and your triglycerides can be high, and uh, these are all warning signs that you may be diabetic, and so the American Diabetic Association recommends screening at age 35 uh, in the absence of uh, of any other signs or symptoms, but you know, of course, if you have signs and symptoms, and if, at 20 or 25, then you need to be you need to be worked up, you need to be looked at, checked out, and it's unusual to see young people in their 20s with type two diabetes. Usually, the young people uh, are type one diabetes, and this starts early in childhood, and that's where you're not making any insulin at all, and we're not sure if. Maybe they know now. I haven't seen the research on that lately, but uh, we're not sure what kills the pancreatic cells uh, that make insulin, but they seem to be killed in early childhood with type 1 diabetes. But that's uh, something that I'm not going to talk about because I don't see that much. I've got
2: a a question for you, though. Um, A little bit off the subject, but I know that the price of insulin now for anybody on Medicaid – has come way down like 35 bucks a month or something like that. What about the rest of the population? Just a normal, you know, 38-year-old with diabetes, what what are they paying now? Has that price come down as well?
1: Um I I'm not sure. I think that one of the recent bills passed did bring it down some, but there's also an organization called Get Insulin, G E T I N S U L I N. GetInsulin.org. And uh, you can go there and they have connections to other websites like Lily, L-I-L-L-Y cares, C-A-R-E-S dot com. And Lily, Lily is a big manufacturer of uh, insulin and diabetic medications. And you can go and and uh, see if there's any programs you can apply for and get some help with your medications. A lot of the companies that have the newer uh, Newer oral and injectable medications for uh, diabetes, like the SGLT2 inhibitor, reuptake inhibitors. Um, if you apply and you're financially in their mold, they'll give you a uh, year's supply free, and then you reapply the following year. And I think it's the same way with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, glucagon blockers, the glucagon like uh, blocking hormones that uh, help out too. So those are injectable. And then the, the SGLT2 inhibitors are, um, uh, they're oral pills, you take those every day. And they're really good things, Ken, because they can, they can not only protect you and lower your blood sugar, but they can also be helpful with your heart. I've used it in people with heart failure. And it it, uh, is quite a a great assistance, especially uh, if they're fluid volume overloaded, because one of the things that that medication does is it makes you pee out more sugar and more salt. So you drop your blood pressure and you lower your blood sugar.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear there's help out for people who can't afford it. Because for a while there on Facebook, I was seeing posts about people, you know,
1: cutting back on their insulin. I'm saying this is not the way it should be. You know, in the old days, gosh, maybe 20 years ago, you could even go into the pharmacy and the pharmacist had to sell you insulin and it was relatively cheap. I don't know what happened. Probably those damn Chinese. (laughs) Wouldn't (laughs) doubt it for a minute. Wouldn't doubt it for a minute. And uh, so at any rate, that's getinsulin.org, lilycares.com. And there's a whole host of other websites and companies that can help you out with that. And uh, I'd love to tell you I have insulin samples in the office, but they don't give out insulin samples anymore. Just hmm. do not exist, my friend.
2: Well, you know what does exist?
1: A question. That's right.
2: What does exist? Two, Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Yay! They're sitting on the table in the doc's office right now. And you can have two of them if you answer today's trivia question, which always has something to do with what we talked about the first half of the show. Today's question, Doc, you ready? I'm ready. What do women claim to have that men don't, that the Doc doubts? There you go. What do women claim to have that men do not, that the Doc kind of doubts exists? First correct caller. With the answer at eight seven seven nine six nine eight six hundred. That's eight seven seven nine six nine eight six zero zero. Eight seven seven nine six nine eight six zero zero. We'll win. So get see on the phone. already calling, Ken. The lines are already light up, Doc.
1: Lighting up, buddy.
2: All right, we'll see you on the other side. All right, I'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. You're listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Call 727-384-6411 for an appointment.
0: Here's the latest from the Answer News Center.
3: With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. Several Israeli media outlets are reporting the death toll from Hamas's wide-ranging incursion into Israel has is risen to 600. There's been no official confirmation of the number of Israeli deaths since the fighting erupted early yesterday. Palestinian officials say more than 300 people have been killed in Gaza. A Taliban government spokesperson says the death toll from strong earthquakes that shook western Afghanistan has jumped to more than 2,000. UN and local investigators are searching for answers at the site of a Russian missile strike on a small Ukrainian village. Local residents began lying their lost friends to rest with the funeral of a married couple who had attended the wake. Two German states are holding elections at the halfway mark of Chancellor Olaf Scholz's unpopular national government. Polls show the center-right opposition well ahead. More details at SRNews.com. The answer. Listen
0: on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229 DJ
3: Deneton.
0: By downloading the Answer Tampa
1: app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727 384 6411. 727 384 6411. Full service clinic with x ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multi level. Well-trained and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. doctor Bill here, my friends at St. Pete MRI and sleep diagnostics are your best choice for state of the art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. Twenty five years experience makes Saint Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self pay rates are competitive and out of pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at seven hundred fifty ninety fourth Avenue North Saint Pete, near the Gandhi. 2220 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220.
0: The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM 860, The Answer. It'll be mostly sunny today with a high of 83. Partly cloudy tonight, low 64, and mostly sunny tomorrow. Monday's high, 82. Mainly clear tomorrow night, low 65. On and off, sun Tuesday. That day's high, 86. And Wednesday will be cloudy with widely separated thunderstorms in the afternoon. High, 87. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Sally Sherman for AM 860, The Answer.
2: You're listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Call 727 384 6411 for an appointment. And We're
1: back with Dr. Bill. i am on last side doing a radio show. An interesting first half.
2: Congratulations to Richard Jeving, it looks like, from uh, Oldsmar, Florida. He knew that the correct answer was, well, let me read the question just so in case you joined us late. What do women have that men do not have that Doc doubts? And what is that, Doc? Female intuition.
1: That's right. You know, my wife, she says, I know what you're thinking. There's no way you can know what I'm thinking. I mean, <laughs> I, I could be thinking about, you know, football, and she thinks I'm looking at her funny, and I'm thinking that, she, that her makeup's on crooked. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm thinking about food, sex, football. (laughs) I'm very simple.
2: If if my wife ever says that to me, I say, yes, dear. Because that's my answer to
1: everything. Yeah, You're right. You know exactly what I'm thinking, honey.
2: That's right. Yes, dear. Anyway, (laughs) uh, who's going to get this? Uh,
1: Richard is getting uh,
2: two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Those will come to you
1: via some sort of delivery service. Absolutely. I'll put them in the U.S. mail. That's the cheapest way to get things. Support
2: America. That's right.
1: And you know what? It costs more to mail those mugs than it did than, than what it cost me when I bought them in China. <laughs> China,
2: Go figure that out. Um, yeah, well. What are you going to do? Well, we know they're going to get there with the U.S.
1: mail. So th- there's a doctor named Alex Gutierrez Rodriguez. He's an orthodontist, and he got locked up over in Tampa. And now his patients are suing him for desertion, that he deserted them. <laughs> so Has that ever happened before? I've never heard that before. I've never heard he he's, uh Violations. He had like uh, 24. He was on probation, and he had a multiplicity of violation charges. I don't know what he was mm-hmm. on probation for, and uh, so now he's getting sued for abandoning his his uh, his patients. And, but that's that's fascinating. I didn't know you could do that. Remind me not to get locked up, Ken. <laughs> sure, no problem. If you don't mind? <laughs> that's bad publicity, Doc. You don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. It's not good for the for the business or the show. No, not at all. But. Speaking of that, speaking of getting locked up, now we've got this uh, Teglieri Tegli Teglieri. Is that how you say it? I'm not sure, but I'll go with yours. He's the the guy that uh, that supposedly the National Guardsman that supposedly leaked all this information inadvertently through his chat room. Uh, eight or ten of his friends during the pandemic got together, and I guess he was you know puffing his chest up, letting them know how much he intel he had. Uh, but uh, Cash Patel, who was who was uh, Trump's second-in-command for security, for national security, he said there's no way that this kid could have done this on his own, that somebody had to feed him this stuff because everything's so compartmentalized. Uh, so even if you have a top-secret clearance to work on you know, uh, frozen hamburgers, uh, you're not going to get a whole lot more information other than what's related to frozen hamburgers. So uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but it would seem that these things usually run deeper. And you remember the uh, Assange and the Bradley Manning back in the early 2000s? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Manning was the uh, guy in in Iraq who was feeding information to Assange. And then Bradley got arrested and sent to jail. And then I think Obama pardoned him. But in jail, by the way, him became a her. And guess who paid for that? (laughs) You and I. You and I, my friend. So, <laughs> so I, you, you can't make this stuff up, Ken. you not make it up. So uh how much damage does this do? Is it real? Uh well, is know, the whole thing real. I mean I d I don't know. I can't tell. I mean you can't you really you can't tell and and if it is real, then how much damage does it do? I mean, everybody knows everybody's spying on each other anyway, so what's the big deal here? I'm I'm not sure uh how that plays out as uh as a real phenomena uh, that uh, Israel or England or anybody else is going to get upset about because they know we're doing it, and they're doing it to us. I mean, we, we keep tabs on each other that way. It's kind of like chit-chatting. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. That's right. And so, so I don't know what to, what we,
2: to well, we have pulled off some amazing uh, decoys in the past, so this
1: I wouldn't put it by them at all. Yeah, we have. And if you remember the uh, the Battle of Midway in World War II, um, I know a lot of people don't remember uh, World War II. That's fading out of the memory of the younger people. Uh, but at Midway, we lured the Japanese to the island uh, because we had some defenses set up there and we intercepted their fleet there and we actually defeated them. And that was the end of the Japanese, pretty much the uh, the Japanese Air Navy. They uh, They lost a lot of their carriers and uh, jets and they're not jets. They didn't have jets, but their fighter planes at that. And the way that we did it is we leaked uh, a false data because we knew that they had broken one of our codes. So we let them continue to listen on the line. And we leaked a message that uh, basically said that they were having problems with, with water at Midway and uh, that that was a vulnerable spot. And so the Japanese were like, yeah, let's grab that Island. And we will be one Island closer to the Americans. Whoops! We tricked them, Ken.
2: <laughs> well, they didn't know we had broken their code.
1: Yeah, we had broken their codes, and uh, they thought they had broken our codes. So everybody thinks everybody's got each other's codes. Who has them, really? I doubt if they're easy to break today,
2: but with all the computers and everything, <laughs> anything can be broken. But I just—it just who—who just, who does this? It's easy, easy to crazy. Or he's an absolute egomaniac. Cause he, the, the story is he put this stuff online with his gamers to prove he's a big shot. But he knew, he had to know, that it was illegal to do that. Well, he's a big shot now. Well, he, well yeah. He got, he got his way. <laughs> but think about it. I mean, if you wanted to use somebody to distribute information like
1: this, this is the kind of guy you would use. Yeah, because he's so vulnerable and easy. Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, what's a National Guard... Uh, kid uh who's on some intelligence and uh, you know it stuff why does he have access to this information it doesn't make any sense i mean he'd have to have even if he has a high clearance what does he need to know this stuff for and why would he have this at his disposal well i read yesterday so somebody i'm not sure what, what article i was reading but it was
2: 1.2 mil- million people in this country have top secret access yeah i heard that too that's incredible that's incredibly high that is,
1: and I'm not one of them, unfortunately.
2: I don't think I want to be. Kind of hurts my feelings. <laughs> I don't want to know. You don't want to <laughs> Just know. let the bomb fall right on my head. I don't want to know.
1: <laughs> Who cares? I mean, look, it'll be over quick.
2: I don't want 30 minutes to figure it out, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I
2: agree. Yeah, I'm within, you know, 10 miles of McDill. so.
1: Well, if they drop a, a hydrogen, it's all over for you, dude.
2: Oh, that's what I mean, in a millisecond,
1: yeah. Yeah. Now, if they drop a, a traditional atomic bomb, you may escape ten miles. Um, you know you're you're getting to the outer limits of what what a big bomb will do. But uh, I guess one of the bombs that we have now would take out all of San Francisco. Oh sure, all, all the way from from the bay to the uh, to the Pacific. That's a big chunk of land there. Yeah. That i not fooling around. These are nasty <laughs> things. So I
2: think yeah. I think we sometimes forget just how
1: nasty they are and i think that all the saber rattling with china is uh is a warning to them that they're not at our level but i don't know i think they'll probably make a stab at uh, taiwan um but did you see where the where the uh, french president macron he said he didn't want to get involved in the in the argument between the united states and china and then they tried to get the foreign minister of china tried to get the uh the germans to go along with that and they said no we 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 don't agree with the french on this and uh so I think the rest.
2: I think the rest of Europe issued a statement yesterday saying that exactly that we we are not with France on this. So,
1: well, good.
2: Yeah, dang French people. Hey, you know, they always wimp out.
1: <clears throat> they're all yeah. Well, they're they're not wimps, but they just want to go their own damn way. And you know what? Uh, ultimately, we end up having to come to their rescue because they want to go their own way and they screw it up. Well, maybe we won't do that this time. No, we don't have a choice. We got. We got, right. we got to go. Yeah. We got to protect democracies. We got to go. We got to get into uh, into the Ukraine and uh, and help push the Russians out of there. We, we got to do all this stuff, Ken. I mean, for God's sakes, we're talking about uh, the survival of democracies, which protects us too. Because if one democracy falls, and then another, and then another, you think about it. What if Germany had defeated England? It would be a very dark world indeed, my friend. They would still be there. There's no way we would have. Could have attacked across the Atlantic at that well, time. You know, they, they would have uh, had the resources of uh, all of uh, Europe at their disposal if they figured out how to use it properly. And, you know, the, the English had a lot of secrets, uh, like how we were making the bomb. that We had English people involved with that and code breaking and all that. I mean, it would have been a big mess. We would have had a, a fight for our lives and we may not have survived it. So, well, we would have had to nuke Germany as well. If we if we could get it done in time, I mean, you know, there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of pieces that fell into place, and we don't know all of the uh, ins and outs of it. But certainly, the English were involved in it to some degree. The Canadians, uh, you know, you had to mine that stuff, you had to ship it, you had to have all kinds of top secret things going on. And and uh, one of the guys that actually gave the secret of the bomb away to the Russians, he sneaked out and ended up living in in London. I think he died there a few years ago. That I didn't know. <laughs> yep. I think his name was Hall but I can't remember. At any rate it's uh it's really a, a a mess. I mean it's 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 so international and interlocked and I don't see that we have any choice but to uh jump in and help out t- uh, fellow democracies. The the question is can we be spread that thin? Can we like if Taiwan is attacked and we go to Taiwan's aid and we're trying to help the Ukraine and keep the Russians out of Europe um are we going to be spread too thin? I, I think the first thing we do is go into the Ukraine and kick the Russians out and get rid of that threat and uh, get the Europeans bolstered up a little bit. I think they're they're figuring it out. Romania is pushing to buy F-35 fighter jets. Uh, I think they, they voted to spend money on that from, from us. Well, that's Those, good. The more we get – the more, the merrier. Yeah, yeah. And Poland ramped up their, their output, and I think they're going to give some old uh, – uh, MiG-29s to the to the Ukrainians. and I don't know how effective they'll be against the later model MiGs, but what the hell, it's something they could probably use them for low-level stuff and take out some tanks with them.
2: Yeah, but you got to watch your pilots, you know. You yep. can't, can't lose your pilots. That's one of the things that did Japanese the Japanese in, is when these carriers went down, their
1: experienced pilots went with them. Yeah, and then they used the kamikaze, so the inexperienced pilots who would have become the more experienced pilots, they, they were getting lost well, it's really quickly. Yeah, they, they just became human bombs. So, And, you know, we go after our, our people, our pilots. We go after them. They're high priority.
2: But we also rotate them in and out, so we are constantly training new pilots with more experienced pilots.
1: I've got a patient, and he's a retired uh, Special Forces, Air Force Special Forces. Like I didn't know the Air Force had Special Forces. He says, yeah, we have a small little little group. I said, so what do you do? He said, we go rescue pilots. We oh. go by the lines and bring them out. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. We don't leave guys behind. We try not to. to. I mean, there's a couple that I don't like that I might. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is that wrong? No, 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 not at all. But, uh, yeah, not Assange, but Cash Patel, he said, there's just no way. Uh, You're too compartmentalized off from other information once you have these uh, security clearances and, and you're at that level that, You know, they don't let you have too much because they know if they do, uh, you're an even bigger target. You're an even more uh, uh, high-profile person that somebody would want to turn or manipulate or uh, buy off or whatever.
2: That makes a lot of sense, yeah.
1: This is a true story. Uh, Leon Driscoll was my my English professor and mentor when I was in college, and he was my faculty advisor because I majored in English. And uh, during the Korean War, he and another guy—they were the uh, decoders of all the all the uh, uh, all the orders for air flights over North Korea and battles, air battles for North Korea. They were the guys that, that got the Pacific Command messages and decoded them and gave them to the the people that were, uh, you know, planning at the the wing commanders or whatever. And the uh, Chinese actually kidnapped him, Ken, and took him across the North Korean border into China for three days, and were interrogating him, <laughs> trying to figure out how to get the codes out of him. And they actually ended up trading a, a Chinese uh, general for him to get him back. Whoa! So that was pretty uh, pretty fascinating. He was he was an interesting man. A pacifist, of course, when I knew him, his hair was hanging down all over his shoulders and, um, you know, he was reading poetry and all that. Nice guy and a really good teacher. But uh, you're you're a high uh, value asset or target if you are at a certain level of, of uh, intelligence uh, knowledge. And, and there's just no way, I guess, that Texera, Texera, T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A, Jack Texera, uh, could have had that according to Cash Patel. So your theory is probably right. This may just all be smoke and mirrors. And you always put out a little bit of real stuff with with the uh, – Exactly. With, you always put a little – here, look at this. So if you want to look and verify it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's an interesting world, the espionage world. I'm not sure I'd want to be in it. I think it takes a certain, a certain lack of uh, fear – if you're, especially if you're going to be an operative agent in a, in a foreign country. And I feel bad for the – if it is true, I feel bad for the Russian uh, operatives that were outed by this taxi guy. Yeah, that's the thats the real sad part of it all. It does affect folks with their lives. But if it's false, then they may put out one real name and three f- fake names, and then <laughs> the Russians will kill their, their own people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll find out someday. Yep.
2: But and, it just has all the makings of a sham to me.
1: It really does. Yeah, something's not right. It's just it, too
2: big and too easy.
1: Yeah, and this guy's going to uh, – either way, he's going to do some time. So he'll probably go to prison, and uh, some president will pardon him. He'll get a 20-year sentence like uh, uh, like Bradley Manning did, Chelsea Manning uh, did, and uh, then be pardoned by President Mitzi Futzenbacher or whoever. <laughs> uh, anyway. If it even gets to that point, yeah. Yeah. At any rate, so then, and then the Chinese are saying they believe – they hope and believe Germany will support their peaceful reunification just as they supported the peaceful reunification of East and West Germany. Well, East and West Germany wanted to get back together. Taiwan, yes. yeah. they're not interested. <laughs> yeah, that was a – that that. was a, this is a forced marriage. Yeah. And so the Chinese are saying, well, for the security of the Straits of Taiwan and the, and the Sea of China, the South China Sea. And the Germans are saying, are you kidding? That's 50% of the world's shipping traffic goes through there. And you want us to uh, uh, give you the complete lock to that area? That ain't happening. You know, we, we all depend upon these these shipping lanes. And for China to say, and this isn't new, by the way, this is not the Red Chinese saying that, that they own the South China Sea. The Chinese have been claiming that for a 1,000 years, Ken. They've been claiming that they own the South China Sea. Have they ever signed on to these, you know, worldwide agreements? Yeah, but they don't pay any attention to him. I mean, they may have, but I don't know if they signed on to this one.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> but uh you know, this is really uh this is really a big deal. People don't realize that they think oh, this is just a battle between Taiwan and China. No, it isn't. This is this is about uh shipping and uh international security and uh sea rights and accesses and lanes and all that and uh you know, the, the green people should be particularly concerned because if the Chinese get a hold of that whole area, the South China Sea and the Straits of Taiwan and all that, then uh, the shipping's going to have to go around. It's going to add a lot more fuel cost and make a lot more emissions into the atmosphere. And you would think that the green people would figure this out. I don't think that they're that smart. Though. <laughs> <laughs> so far, I've been real impressed with them. They don't project ahead that far. No, they just know that we're going to all die in, what was it, first it was 2011, that didn't end, then it was 2020-something, and we passed that mark, and now the latest, I think, is 2050, and the Earth's going all to, the, all the carbon-based life form on Earth is going to die from pollution.
2: Well, this carbon-based life will be gone by then, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Then the anyway, bottom.
1: they should also consider that
2: China wants to dig for oil in the South China Sea, mm-hmm. and that's not going to be good for the
1: atmosphere either. So Nope. And, uh, you know, the, the slubbing and hugging and kissing the Chinese, they're burning more coal than anybody. They they are still so dependent on coal, China and India, for their uh, power plants uh, that uh, they're making a ton of, of uh, carbon waste and putting it into the atmosphere. So the German foreign minister is Annalena Baerbach. I kind of like that name, Annalena. Annalena Weerbach? Beerbach, Beerbach, Beerbach. That's German, all right. Yeah. Bear Gardens. But the the uh, leakage of this apparently, this is supposed to indicate the extent of U.S. electronic snooping. Uh, you think we didn't know that? I mean, I knew that. Did I you? don't. I don't think this is the extent of it. I think it's just a a small example. Yeah, I think this is small. I mean, I think we have. I think we're so far ahead of. Uh, well, certainly the Russians and the Chinese, but uh, we don't want to let them catch up either. So we've got we to keep pushing forward. We live in a world where my wife is planning a
2: vacation now with my daughter. They're going to Europe in the summer. I have not looked up anything about this trip at all on my phone, okay? But I'm getting texts. I'm getting messages on my timeline asking if I've made a decision on which river in Amsterdam. I'd like which river trip in Amsterdam I would like. I think, How, they've already connected us together that closely. I think you should answer it. <laughs>
1: set up the trip for your wife
2: <laughs>
1: yeah that's a good idea Doc. <laughs> yeah well we're going uh, you know we're going to Japan we booked that cruise and uh, TripAdvisor and hotel.com and everybody they're like have you fi- have you finished making your room arrangements in in Hokkaido? <laughs> yeah, I know it take even long after you're done they keep sending you this stuff. Oh, it's it's pretty unbelievable the way it's all tied together. So I you know, I don't get upset when people say well they're they're tracking you. Well yeah, they're tracking me. Who cares? I mean, you you want to follow me around? Feel free. I yeah. saw one show where they uh they, this guy he, he was a newsman, I forget what channel it was on, and he showed that there's a program that you can get on your cell phone and it'll show you everywhere that you've been and that they can track every move you make as long as you have your cell phone on turned on. Well Under, sure that absolutely.
2: Mhm. Yeah. So you can't escape it. They know no, you where can't. you
1: are. <laughs> no, no, not in this day and age. I mean you can go off the grid and I have a a friend who has moved up to central uh, Florida and they've got a little enclave there and nobody has a cell phone and, you know, they're, they're hugging and kissing the bears and the deer and all that. And they're out in the middle of nowhere. But uh, if you want that kind of life, I guess you can have it, but yeah, you just got to get off the grid. That's all. Yeah. You just get off the grid, but then you can't talk to your aunt Sally or whatever. I like the grid. (laughs) Yeah. The grid's fun. I mean, I like staying connected. Yeah. The grid can be abused, but, For the most
2: part, it's a good thing, I would think. Police uh, use it all the time. They ping your phone to find out where you are if they're looking for your, you know, you're missing. Yep. We have about one minute left here, Doc. You want to talk about the business for about 58 seconds
1: or so? Yeah. You know, we have a little bit of everything in the practice, and we still have some of the COVID vaccine. We're still seeing COVID. This is a big deal, Ken. You know, the Paxlovid is such a, a, a great antiviral drug to, to kill the COVID virus, and um, I, I can see you online and send that prescription in, and it's free. Paxilvid is still free, and it's a five-day course and two doses, and you're already better. I just sent a, an older woman home from the hospital who came in with uh, with COVID and flu, and I started on the Pax. Thank
0: you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic